Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in The Word with us today. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 13th chapter. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. Parables can be tricky to understand, and the one I just read is no exception. When Jesus shares this parable, it seems that he is trying to answer the question he assumes the people are asking when they tell him about those who died at the hands of Pontius Pilate. Why? Why did this horrible thing happen? Did these people do something to deserve such tragedy? When tragedy strikes in our world today, that's not my first question. I don't usually jump to the conclusion that those who died or those who are suffering in some way must have had it coming. But I do understand that impulse to understand. Why did this happen? And who or what's responsible for it? And I think these questions come from a place of wanting to know how to prevent such senseless death and suffering in the future. How can I make sure the same thing won't happen to me or to the people I love? Jesus doesn't give an easy answer. Instead, Jesus tells us this parable about a fig tree that wasn't producing any figs. The landowner wants to chop it down. The gardener pleads to save it, to give it one last chance. Now notice that the fig tree in the parable had not died. It just wasn't producing. It wasn't bearing fruit. It wasn't doing what it was created to do. Likewise, Jesus doesn't want us to settle for just surviving or somehow managing to avoid that kind of catastrophe. Jesus doesn't want us to be physically alive, but not doing what we were created to do. We are created to bear fruit. Not figs, but rather those fruits of the Spirit that Paul talks about in his letter to the Galatians. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And what happens when we find that we are not bearing such fruit? Or what happens when the communities in which we live and work, like our church, our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, our government, when they are not bearing such fruit, then what should we do? Repent, Jesus says. Then he tells this parable to illustrate his point. But honestly, that leaves me even more confused, because how exactly is this a parable about repentance? The fig tree can't do much. It's a fig tree. It can't control whether or not it bears fruit. The man who planted the tree? He's ready to chop it down. Is that what repentance looks like? Getting rid of whatever is not producing? That sounds more like judgment than repentance to me. The only possibility left is the gardener. So I wonder... What if repentance looks like being the gardener in this parable? Repentance. We have a long history of understanding that word to mean something like turning around, a full 180-degree shift. But that gives the impression that repentance means doing the opposite of what we've been doing. And repentance isn't just a simple reversal, like from bad to good. Professor Matt Skinner from Luther Seminary describes repentance as being jolted into discovering a different reality. Repentance is a complete change in mindset, a radical reorientation, a transformation, a new way of understanding the world and our place in it. If we apply that definition to today's gospel, perhaps repentance looks like abandoning the idea that we get the suffering and death we deserve, and instead discovering a reality where we are loved and cared for by God, held in the palm of God's hand, no matter what tragedies happens to us or those we love in this world. Maybe repentance looks like abandoning the idea that we've been spared because we are somehow better or more blessed or more chosen than the people who are suffering and instead discovering what it means to truly live as people of God by rolling up our sleeves, getting our hands dirty, maybe even stepping in some manure so that we can be part of caring for all of God's creation, all of God's people, no matter who they are or where they live or what they believe. Maybe repentance looks like taking a breath instead of rushing to the final judgment that belongs to God alone. Maybe repentance looks like cultivating the soil so whatever is planted in it has the nutrients it needs to bear the fruit it was created to bear. Maybe repentance means being the gardener, coming alongside God in tending and caring for the fig trees in our lives recognizing those people and places that are merely existing, but not bearing the fruit of love, joy, peace, and all the rest, and giving their roots some extra care and attention. And if that's true, 
then being the gardener begins with noticing. What parts of your life are not bearing fruit? In what ways are you technically surviving, but not actually producing? What relationships are not bearing the fruit of love and gentleness in your life? What habits are not bearing the fruit of kindness to yourself or to those around you? What mindsets are marked more by judgment than generosity? What practices do not bear the fruit of joy? Part of what's important about this parable is that the fig tree cannot will itself to bear fruit. It's not a matter of the fig tree just trying a little bit harder or miraculously becoming more virtuous. It's all about the soil, the environment that has been carefully tended and cultivated. Likewise, we cannot be responsible for what bears fruit in our lives, in our relationship, or in this world. But we can cultivate the soil and tend to the plot to the plants that are on our plot of land. We don't just take an axe to those places or people that are not bearing fruit. We roll up our sleeves and grab a shovel and maybe even add a big pile of manure to make sure the soil around them is rich with the nutrients of God's word and God's promises. And that, my friends, is exactly what God does for us in the practice of Sabbath. With the gift of time, maybe not a whole entire year, but an extra day or even a few hours, God digs around in our soil, filling us with God's word, nourishing us with the holy meal, adding the nutrients we need so our lives might bear fruit, love and joy and kindness and peace and all the rest for the sake of the world God so loves. Let us pray. God, our master gardener, thank you for the gift of time. Thank you for the gift of letting us find our rest in you. Thank you for nourishing us with all that we need to bear good fruit, the fruit of love and patience, gentleness and kindness, generosity. Use the fruit we bear for the sake of this world and keep us mindful of the places you would have us cultivate the places you would have us dig into the soil, the places you would have us share your word and your promise, so that all of us might grow strong in your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've been fed by the word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at the word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.